Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo. Always be willing to admit you made a mistake, that you were fooled, that you were wrong, that you didn't get it right. Face reality, take your lumps, then pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and move forward. Welcome to Shedding Shackles. Today's topic is Find Mental Distance. And now, here's your Shedding Shackles host, Roland Trujillo. Hi, everyone. Welcome. Today, I'm going to do what I always do. I turn the microphone on and begin to speak. And I often begin a program by saying something like what I just said. And you might wonder why. Why do I always start like that? And the reason is that I don't know what I'm going to say. Before the program, five minutes before the program, or an hour before the program, or a day before the program, or during the night, if I wake up during the night, many ideas come to me as to what to say. And some of the ideas are very clever. But I have learned to question those ideas. I don't trust them. Where do they come from? I don't know. But they're very clever. But they're telling me what to say. But why would thoughts want to tell me what to say. Why couldn't I just turn the microphone on and speak spontaneously? Well, that's the way we're supposed to live life is spontaneously. Maybe you remember when you were a little child, you leapt from bed in the morning and ran across the carpet, ready to start a day of discovery and adventure. And you didn't know what you were going to do. Maybe it was summertime. Your day wasn't planned out for you by everyone else. You didn't know what you were going to do, but you discovered this and that and learned this and that and played with this and that, and it was beautiful. That's the way life is supposed to be. It's a childlike quality, but it's not childlike. It's what God intends for us. When you look at people like Albert Einstein, for example, he had a certain innocence about him. Remember the picture of him riding a bicycle without socks on? And he also said a lot of funny things and philosophical things. And I think that he had so many good ideas because he was spontaneous. Well, you have to relearn how to be that way. So I have to demonstrate to you, I have to model to you that it is possible to be spontaneous and to discover. Every moment is a discovery process. What am I going to say? I don't know. You probably heard the funny story where Congress was debating a bill. You know, one of these big bills that's as thick as the New York City phone book. And Nancy Pelosi said, let's pass the bill so we can find out what's in it. Well, you know what? It was kind of funny because it was actually true. She was actually telling the truth. It was beautiful. And it was spontaneous, too, wasn't it? Of course, she got in a little bit of trouble over saying that. People made fun of her. But you know what? At least she was being honest. Maybe she didn't want to be honest, but she just accidentally was honest. Well, spontaneity is a beautiful thing. And so I'm going to start the program so I can find out what I'm going to say. And I want to say to you that if you are spontaneous, then... uh, your life will be so much easier. Now, your life is totally planned for you. It's not only planned by people around you who 
tell you what to do. I mean, there's a little bit of that when we go to work, if you're working for somebody else. If you have your own business, well, then it's a, di- it's a different story. But if you're working for somebody else, yeah, they, they tell you what your job duties are and so on. I understand that. But if you look carefully, you'll see that more and more we're told what to do. And not only are we told what to do, but we're being told what to think and how to feel and what's important and what's not important. And some things are suppressed so that you're not aware of them, you're not told, and you're shown something else. And when something is suppressed and you're not told, and you're just shown something else, then that also determines your thoughts, doesn't it? And so you very soon will find yourself mouthing opinions you don't know if they're true or not, saying things you don't know if they're true or not. Feeling things, who told you to feel that way? So you have to refine yourself. And the way to refine yourself is to relearn how to be spontaneous. And how do you be spontaneous? It has to do with the truth. It has to do with looking for truth, recognizing it, not doubting what you see, and then expressing what comes to you that happens to be true. See? And when you do that, then your life is based upon truth. And who is the source of truth? Well, the source of truth is our Creator. He created what is true. He created reality. Now, today, many people avoid reality. They live in their imagination. And People who fall deeply into their imagination, they get so lost there that what is in their imagination is more real than reality. They don't, they hardly even recognize it. And they operate totally on what's in their mind. Roland would love to hear from you. To contact Roland with your questions or comments, go to SheddingShackles.com and click on the contact icon on the right side. Roland talks about Christianity in a common sense way. He wants to see people unshackled, freed from the baggage of the past. We find your zest for discovery and adventure. Keep listening to Shedding Shackles. So, a life has to be built based upon truth. Now, I'm sure you know people who ruined their life by living a dream, by living a falsehood, believing something that wasn't true. How many women have been going out with a rotten guy, and he's rotten, and everybody could see these rotten, but she doesn't see it, or she doesn't want to see it, and she makes excuses for him, and she doesn't want to believe that he's rotten. How many people have gotten involved with somebody who took their money and they wanted to believe that the person was helping them, but in fact, that wasn't the reality. They saw what was not true and they went along with what was not true. See? And they may have seen, gotten hints that something was not true and they may have even sort of seen 
and known that it was not true? But they didn't want to admit it. They didn't want to admit that they were fooled, that they were deceived, that they were gullible, that they were needy. And so they cling to the lie, cling to the fantasy, cling to the illusion. Let it go. Stand back, see it, feel the embarrassment about it, let it go, and then move forward. And watch out for the resentment trap where you resent somebody or something for having deceived you and fooled you, or you resent yourself for having been gullible or needy, and then keep running after them to try to change them or to try to get them to say they're sorry or to try to get something from them. Didn't Shakespeare said, to thine own self be true? But most of us are not true to our own self. We don't want to admit we were wrong. We refuse to admit we were wrong. And so we cling to the fantasy, cling to the illusion, cling to the lie. Oh, I'm sure you've seen, uh, I mean, it happens all the time. They call it group, they used to call it group think. Well, you might see, for example, some automobile company come out with some come out with some design for the new car, and you look at it, you see that it's not good, you see that it's it's not going to be popular, and so on and so forth. You see it very clearly the moment you see it. But somehow the people that designed it didn't see it. They began with some idea and they became invested in it, and then they went along with it. And they refuse to admit that it was not true and say, hey, let's just stop and let's start all over again. So the other thing you have to watch out for is involvement. Because when you get involved, because the more you get involved in something, involved in it mentally, involved in it in your imagination, involved in it emotionally, invested in it emotionally, involved in it in some group process with other people, involved in it organizationally, the more you get involved in it and with it, the deeper your involvement, the harder it is to pull back. See? And there comes a point of no return where you can't pull back, just like the airplane that's getting ready to take off from the runway, there comes a point where it, it can't just uh, not take off. See what I mean? In a very real sense, you could say that the life that leads to deterioration and to hell is a life of increasing involvements, deepening involvement with imagination, with memories, with wrong ideas, with goals, with groups, which leads to problems. And then the problems lead to involvement with them, worrying about them, thinking about them, trying to fix them. And then it leads to involvement with problem solvers. And the problem solvers eventually take your money and betray you. Then you can be involved in hating them and resenting them and reliving all the things they did to you and being lost in that. But do you see that it's involvement? Involvement, involvement, involvement. And the person who ends up ruining their life, and at the very end, they can't turn back. It's too late. It is a, a life of increasing involvement in error with people, in goals, and so on. So salvation, Christ said, come out from among them.
Well, salvation begins, paradise begins in the mind. You have to be free from thoughts which now have you captive, free from imaginings and memories and worries and doubts and fears and phantoms of the dark that now have you captive. You have to become free of them. Free of them so you can see reality, see God's beautiful reality where the sky is blue and the birds are singing. And you feel free like when you were a little child. So it begins in the mind. First thing you have to become free of and find salvation from with the help of God is from your own being lost and involved in your own thoughts and imaginings. See? And then, having stood back, you will then begin to see involvements in your life where you need to also step back from them, from wrong associations, wrong ideas, from wrong causes, from notions, from emotions, and from things that involve you. Stand back, take a mental step back. And the first thing you need to take a mental step back from is excessive involvement with thought and imagination, with daydreams, and with reliving the past and worrying about the future. Stand back from them. And then when you stand back from that, then you will be able to see clearly who to trust and who not to trust. And you'll see who you are involved with now that is not good, and you will then be free of them. First, free from excessive thoughts and emotions, and then free from wrong associations, wrong ideas, wrong goals, wrong involvements. Listeners in New York are getting the 15-minute version of this program. To hear the whole 30-minute program, go to SheddingShackles.com or GetReadyToPray.com. This is Jeremiah Trujillo, the producer of Shedding Shackles. I invite you to visit the many resources available at our website, SheddingShackles.com SheddingShackles.net or SheddingShackles.us You can listen to past programs or watch Roland's video lectures. Listen in again next week. Same time, same station. Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo. Hi, if you've just come in, you're listening to Shedding Shackles I'm your host. My name is Roland Trujillo. We're talking about excessive involvements, emotional involvements. We all know people who have been corrupted by wrong associations. We know that. And so you have to have objectivity. You have to have awareness. You have to be able to stand back and have a bit of mental distance to things. There's one way of eating where you get totally lost in your food. There's another way of eating where you eat, but you're not totally lost in it. There's a difference between having friends that are wholesome and helpful, and then it's another thing to be too involved in socializing. I saw a funny cartoon 
Bennett said, what is the cause of so many ruined marriages and relationships? And there was a picture of a man and a woman, probably in a restaurant, waiting for their food. And they were both sitting there looking at their iPhone. No eye contact, no interaction, staring at their iPhone. So you understand the difference between using your phone as a tool, a helpful business tool, and being too involved with it on the other hand. You understand the difference. The same difference that I've been alluding to of not getting too deeply involved in things. We all know people who join some association and they have some fellowship there. They have a common good that they want to attain. But then we know people who get involved in groups and the groups take over their life. We know people who go to work to earn a dollar, to have food and to have a house. And then we know people who get deeply into their work so that they become their work. Their work takes them over and dominates them. And it's to the detriment of everything else. So everything can be used properly or misused. And most people are not mature enough. The average fallen person is not mature enough to be able to handle friendship and food and substances and technology in a very mature way. That's why we need good parents. We know kids will get too involved in the internet. They'll get too involved in social media. They'll get too involved with their friends. They'll get involved with wrong associations. That's why you need good parents who have awareness. So all of this is to say that the same awareness that you need in being able to safeguard your children and to use things properly You need to have that same kind of awareness when it comes to your own thoughts, your own emotions, your own imagination. Most people are lost between their own two ears. They get deeply into imagination, deeply into worry. They keep falling into doubts and fears and what-ifs and reliving the past and planning and scheming for the future and so on. So you have to stand back, have mental distance, from thoughts and emotions and imagination. Always have a bit of objectivity. Did you know you can listen to Shedding Shackles on your phone? There's a new program every half hour. Call 518-896-1902. Well, you see it when it applies to other people, but maybe you don't see it in your own life. You have to learn how to stand back. There was a management theorist, his name was Peter Drucker. His writings are well-received and respected. Peter Drucker said that once a year, you have to put everything on the table and take a look at it. And if it's no longer working, well, then throw it out. You have to learn how to look at everything. Now, we, we have a sense of that. Deep, deep down, you sense that life is supposed to be simplified. Sooner or later, we all have a sense that our life is cluttered. So we declutter our closet. We sense that we need a break. And we take a vacation from work. And maybe we walk on the beach. Anne Morrow Lindbergh wrote a book called Gift from the Sea. And she tells how she went to live in a cottage on the beach. Away from pressures and obligations. Henry David Thoreau wrote Walden Pond about going out into nature and finding himself there. But the truth of the matter is that even 
if you threw everything out and quit your job and sat on a tropical island, you would still be lost in your head. The answer is not getting rid of clutter and walking on the beach. Those are just a temporary fix. The real permanent fix is to learn how to be in the world, but not of the world. To be with people without being too close. To deal with issues without letting them get into your head. Learn to stand back from people and be closer to God. If you have one goal, let it be to be so calm and aware that you never let anything become more important than what you know is right in your heart for each moment of your life. Being closer to God in His right way immunizes you from the madness and pressures of the world. Then you can be cheerful, helpful, and friendly, but not emotional, not clingy. Learn to be with people without resenting them. Learn to have things without making them too important. Learn to lose things without feeling bad about it. Give freely. Let go graciously. Have a little distance from people and things and be very close to what you know in your heart is right. Close to intuition, close to conscience, close to God. Jesus said, my yoke is light. Close to him and there will be a distance between you and the pressures of the world. They will still be there, but they won't get to you. Then, in calmness and with friendliness, you'll be a light in the world. And people will wonder how you remain cheerful, how you went through things without becoming stressed out. And it will give glory to God and to his son Jesus, who help you. When you reach out to God and to Jesus and ask them for help, and stop resenting other people. Yes, people are imperfect. Learn to be with imperfect people without resenting them. And you will receive God's approval. So you have to learn to stand back. And so learning to stand back begins by being able to sit still. God said, be still and know that I am God. So be still, experience reality, hear the birds singing, hear your computer hum, hear little sounds outside. And Experience the moment. And then the next thing you can begin to experience is God's truth. He shines his light upon things, and in his light you can see what's true and what's not true. You can see what's real and not real. And you can see which relationships you have that are not so good. Be still and know that I am God, he said. 
Be still and know that God is God and you're not God. And question your thoughts. Question them. Don't struggle with them. Don't get angry with them. Don't try to repress them. Just stand back from them and watch them. And wait until the light shines clearly and you just clearly see. If you clearly see that going a certain way is not so good, then just don't go that way. Maybe you don't know which way to go, but just don't go the wrong way. Going the right way is not going the wrong way, see? And if somebody tells you to do something and what they're telling you to do is not right, then just don't do it. Don't do it. If people are pressuring you to work and study, pressuring you, then just go through the motions. Sometimes you have to do that. Just go through the motions. And if it's not good enough for them, that's too bad. Let them fret over it. Maybe you'll get lucky and they'll take over and do it themselves. Just do what you can and don't worry about it. Remember Alfred E. Newman, he said, what, me worry? You got to be more spontaneous, more lighthearted. Don't make anything too important other than what you know is right in your heart. And let it all go in one ear and out the other. Everybody's telling you what you should think and what you should believe and how you should act and where you should go. And the heck with it. Just declutter, simplify, experience God in the present moment. God is always there, and you first become aware of his presence when he shines his light upon something. And often the first things that we see are our own wrong. You'll see that you're resetting your wife, or you're being impatient with your children, or you hated your mom or something like that. You'll see it. And yeah, when you really see it and see that it's wrong, then yeah, it's a little painful to see it, but just see it. God is showing you, he's making you aware. It's called conscience. You must become friends with your conscience again. And when you, when you acknowledge what conscience has always been trying to tell you, then you become a friend of conscience. And it doesn't feel like conscience anymore. It feels like the present side. It's called intuition. It's what you wordlessly know in your heart. So now do you understand why when I sit down to the microphone, I can't have all kinds of pre-planned ideas? Because I don't know where they came from. And I don't trust them. I question them. But I don't struggle with them. I just set them aside. I turn on the microphone and then I speak spontaneously, just like a little kid waking up in the morning and rubbing the sleep from their eyes and rushing across the carpet for a day of adventure a day of discovery in God's great, green, beautiful world. Until next time, Lord willing, and the Greek don't rise. I'll see you then. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Shedding Shackles with your host, Roland Trujillo. Now you can listen to Roland anytime by logging on to www.sheddingshackles.com. You'll find lots of free, helpful information, and you can also order materials or make a donation by using your credit card. Once again, the web address is SheddingShackles.com. Please remember that Shedding Shackles is listener-supported. Thank you. 
Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo.